Hi guys, welcome to Blunt Blowing Mama podcast. I am your host, Shanitria, and I'm here and I'm high. <laughs> and I'm also here to talk about all things cannabis, obviously, <laughs> and parenthood and everything in between because life is not just this and that. It's this, that, and then a dash of salt and a little bit of paprika. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> a slight bit of cayenne. You know what I'm saying? Anyway. Y'all not feeling me though. <laughs> so on this episode, I have a guest. Yeah, yeah. Y'all know I told y'all I was going to be bringing you some guests on this show. Okay, I want to start off with just me and then just go bam, 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 bam with some guests and then some other twists and turns as we go. So I hope you're enjoying this podcast and how it's going so far because I'm having so much fun. I love doing this so much with you guys. It's like literally the best thing ever. So thank you for supporting and listening for real. I mean that like absolutely from the bottom of my heart, but enough of that mushy shit. Let's just smoke weed, right? That's what we're here for. So smoke sesh time. Let's do it. Hey, let's do it. Smoke shush. Smoke shush. Smoke. I, what am I? Am I like tongue tied? Smoke sesh. I was like smoke shush. <laughs> smoke sesh time. So I'm smoking on XJ13 because I bought a lot of it and I'm going to be smoking it for a long time and I don't have any qualms with that because I love this strain. It's like one of my top three favorite strains. It's a sativa. It's a sativa. It gets me feeling good, feeling fine, feeling dandy and I love it. Yeah. So I'm just going to smoke it. Get your pipe or bong, blunt, joint, vaporizer, whatever you're smoking out of it. Get ready to dab with me. What's up? Come on, let's do this. Cheers. So good. So good. So good. So good. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I hope y'all don't mind me making your ears bleed for a moment with that That quick little ditty that was uh, so good by Destiny's Child. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. From the Writings on the Wall album. Yes. Very, very, very great song. Still goes hard. Still a little bop. Love you, Beyonce, Kelly, Latavia, and Latoya. Y'all did that shit for real. Like, I really, I fucked with that album a lot. And that, like, the whole, the album is just like a, a whole vibe. Like, those Tina Knowles <laughs> outfits, y'all. <laughs> it was a moment. It was a, definitely a moment in time. So, I can't wait for you guys to uh, hear this episode. I mean, Patty is. What a woman. You guys are going to fucking love her. So I'm not even going to even talk about anything else because I'm high and I can do it. Like if I want to talk about this stuff right now, I can just go on a long ass tangent. (laughs) But I really want you guys to hear this episode. So here we go. Welcome back, guys, to What Blowing Mama podcast. I am here with our special guest, 
She is a mover and shaker in the cannabis industry. I've always kind of wanted to say something like that, a mover and a shaker. (laughs) And I think you guys are really going to enjoy meeting her and hearing more about everything that she's doing. So uh, go ahead and introduce yourself. Hi, I'm Patty Rowe, and I am a co-founder of Pink Haze products, which is a luxury brand for women seeking the ultimate indulgence in cannabis and community. And I've been in this industry for three plus years now. I think it's over three years, but I like to uh, say less years (laughs) (laughs) because of what's been accomplished uh, dealing with the regulations and everything over those three years. Hmm. You know how that works. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, it's with legalization comes a whole bunch of, you know, (laughs) paperwork and. (laughs) Exactly, exactly. It's a lot, but we're definitely our brand, while it's been around for a while, we're just coming to market because we created the brand without any licenses Mm. and just had the mindset that if we created a good enough brand and brand story and following that someone would see that we were worthy to come in under their license. And that (laughs) did happen. We've partnered with someone and now we're seed to wholesale. Oh, that's awesome. So when are you guys going to start, you know, like selling? Well, we're just finishing up printing our packaging. So as soon as that is done, which will be over within the next 60 days for sure, mm-hmm. but hopefully sooner, but we are already making products or uh, making some lovely hash right now, which is amazing cool. and yes. one of our favorite <laughs> products. So we're excited <laughs> about that. And then our pre-rolls that have always been you know, it was our first product that we started working on back in the day. It's a, a signature pre-roll. It's it's a grand like champagne <laughs> <laughs> given as a gift and definitely meant to share. I mean, the website is like so sleek and uh, very you. ladylike. Like, I love it. <laughs> thank you. Yeah, it's fun. It's a great, I mean, it's our whole meaning And bottom line to the brand was we wanted to make women feel special. And my point to that was I can drink champagne in a garage and still feel good. (laughs) (laughs) And then I can drink it somewhere, you know, extravagant and feel great as well. But we wanted it to go in pretty much any environment, but still make the woman who partakes feel special. I love that. And I guess, you know, kind of going off of that, we can, I can kind of, you know, ask you how important for you was it that like women were represented in like cannabis products and in the cannabis industry? Yeah, it's funny because I entered the industry with a delivery service and it was supposed to be wrapped into a, a dispensary, but that's a long story. But while we had the delivery service, It was just so obvious a void, especially in the pre-roll area where they just, you know, a blunt's great and I love everything that there is to offer, but there was a missing opportunity for 
something that looked pretty, the Virginia Slim of pre-rolls. Right. (laughs) And so some have come out now and there are some pretty pre-rolls out there. So kudos to them as well. But that's where we saw the biggest void and we talked about it back then. Let's make, you know, a feminine pre-roll. And then, you know, it's probably six months after we closed the doors to our delivery that my partner and I started making it a reality. That's pretty cool. I mean, what was that process like for anyone kind of curious about like what happens when you start a cannabis company that actually offers cannabis, you know? I know. Well, it really isn't easy, as everyone (laughs) knows. (laughs) For us, we started trying to do a dispensary. So we were more on the licensed side. And Mm -hmm. that is just a difficult road when right now in the industry, people are now buying licenses. But when we were entering, you had to pretty much develop your own, find your own parcel, and then go through the licensing process. And that's just a lot to stomach, and it's a lot of money. Luckily for that um, venture, we had someone who was ready to pay the bill for it. We had an investor. But when that all closed, we started at ground zero, and we had nothing. (laughs) And I had quit my job, and I just ended up at the bottom floor with no plan. And so... Over time, I had a name, but no company, no idea for the name. I had bought the URL, Pink Haze, a while back. Which is a great name, by the way. (laughs) Smart move. (laughs) I know my friend and I were just trying to come up with feminine cannabis names. And we came up with, well, I came up with that one and I couldn't let it go. So I just ran out and bought the URL and had it in my back pocket and it just, it actually happened, which was great, but it started (laughs) out as cutesy apparel because we were burnt by the licensing process with the dispensary. And so my partner and I didn't want to go through the licensing process again. So we were like, let's do an ancillary um, business. And we started doing glass pieces. We made the most beautiful bongs and we did the coolest apparel. But every time I went to the business plan, it wasn't building what I wanted to build and the reason I entered the industry. And I knew it was great for me myself if I wanted to do that or my partner doing it for herself. But we were like more wanting to create jobs and build something um, an organization. And so, so we decided to get back into the licensed area of products. And <laughs> that's when the pre-roll venture started. And we had to rebrand because Pink Haze was a very cute brand and we wanted it to become more sophisticated. Mm. So we rebranded and I literally learned everything by myself. Like I did the LLC paperwork by myself. I didn't pay an attorney. I did trademarks by myself. I didn't. Wow. (laughs) Literally everyone out there just, you can read and you can do these things by yourself. I promise. (laughs) How long did it take you? Do you think it took you longer because you were doing everything yourself? And like, were you scared that you messed something up? 
No, literally the process, like let's say a trademark, I think it's the first one took me a while because I was scared and you get all this information from attorneys because, you know, maybe you can really screw it up, but a lot of things are pretty self-explanatory and you can really figure it out and save yourself thousands of dollars because- in order to do it yourself, it's about $275. In order to do it with an attorney, it's probably like 1500 or more. Yikes. Yeah. So <laughs> because I spent my money and the dispensary um, part, I uh, <laughs> learned how to bootstrap and it's been great. I've learned so much. I've put myself through my own master's. <laughs> so anyway then we started looking into packaging and doing all of that and then all of a sudden here we were with like a pre-roll cone a package we've spent all this money and we still didn't have a license so (laughs) we started going out and meeting people with licenses and the bottom line there was there's a lot of people that are one, greedy, and two, watch too much Shark Tank. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my gosh. That's kind of what happened to us. We kissed many, many toads along the way. And (laughs) people were like, oh, we'll do that service for you. And we'll charge you for the service. And we also want 50% of your company. (laughs) What? Yeah, that's kind of how people were a lot of people were going about it. Then we met a gentleman at the convention last year and we started- Uh, Which convention? At the MJ BizCon in uh, November last year in Vegas. Mm -hmm. And we started, as we call it, corporate dating. (laughs) (laughs) We started getting to know each other um, from there and talking about what we had going on and ways that we could help each other. And by February, we were probably engaged, I would say, and (laughs) we're pretty much married and expecting children. (laughs) It's been really good because the partner that we have, which is Skunk Factory, is our brother brand. It's called Skunk Factory. It's, Mm -hmm. It's a pretty cool brand too, but there, it's just a professional operation. <laughs> and yeah. we, we go through a lot of unprofessional situations. And so it's nice to have people that you can trust along. Right. The way. It sounds like there's like a, a lot of like challenges. Like if you're just like, hey, I want to start yeah. a cannabis company. And what would you say were like the biggest challenges you had to like kind of navigate through? And did you have any mentors or was mentorship something that was easy for you to find? No, mentorship has never been very easy for me to find in any of my professions. (laughs) (laughs) But I do have a little bit of mentorship because my past world that I just left was politics. Mm -hmm. And I used to work with someone in politics on that side of the world that also made the leap into cannabis. And he's in a different role where he's dealing with investors and things like that. So I would say that he's probably my mentor. 
which is nice to have something. But, Mm -hmm. you know, as women, we are told like women want to be our mentors or that we're all for each other. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And we're all out there marching women's empowerment. But I've unfortunately, so far along our path in building this female brand, it's been women that have hurt us the most along the way. No way. I know. I know. It's like a really upsetting thing to even bring up, but you know, it's just, we're just humans, right? Whether they're women or men, there are a lot of challenges along the way. And a lot of them are just human when you have to deal with partners or you have to try to do collaborations, you probably understand. It's just Mm -hmm. of the utmost importance to like write everything out and make sure everyone's on the same page always, because if you don't, you won't be, (laughs) you'll never be on the same page because everyone Mm -hmm. has a different view of what's being done. And so I think that's one of the biggest challenges is just dealing with personalities and people and agendas and all that good stuff. Yeah, that's always fun because you can never really gauge like what someone's true motives are, you know? Yeah, exactly. And sometimes they're so good and sometimes they're just really selfish and it's hard because sometimes you really want to like the wrong person. You know, yeah, so true. (laughs) You're like, I really, really like this person. I can't believe that they're not good. (laughs) (laughs) It's true. Sometimes it's true. Yeah. So you said you were in politics initially. What made you decide to pivot to a career in cannabis? Funny enough, back in the '90s, I moved to San Diego, and I had been in the financial industry. But I had been giving money to normal out of my measly little paycheck, you know, just out of college. Mm-hmm. And to me, it was a big deal, you know. I was like giving to something. <laughs> and uh, when we, I moved to San Diego, I went to – I was so excited. I found a normal chapter. It was going to be my new normal. I was going <laughs> to fight the fight and work in cannabis and the whole nine. And I went to this normal meeting. and. um there was, I don't know, probably like 65 to 70 year old couple running it. And they didn't have a meeting so much as they like played on their guitars and sang. (laughs) And, (laughs) And I was really bummed. I ended up leaving quite a while into it just because there was no productivity happening. And that's kind of where my head was. Mm -hmm. But At the age I was, I just never even thought about leading, like doing something myself. And so I pretty much like let that go and spent many years in two different industries, finance and uh, politics. And then in politics, I really just knew I needed to make a change because I wasn't happy with it. And so I was just talking to my friend and she's like, well, what do you love? And I was like, cannabis. (laughs) (laughs) So then all of a sudden it was like, wait a minute, there's all these people doing this and I'm making a change. And this is an opportunity where I could actually build something and try to build a product and do something totally like a new life, (laughs) a new Uh industry, a new everything. Then I went to a female industry event 
and it sealed the deal. I never looked back because I saw women that were um, creating businesses and being professional. And I saw the opportunity right away from there that didn't look back from that point on. I was like, this is happening. That's awesome. Did you have like any doubts as far as like other people's perception of you like working in cannabis? Oh my goodness. That's funny. So when I first started going down the path of the delivery and the dispensary license, I was still working in politics and I was finishing up my last election. And I, with four other part or three other partners had a consulting firm. So we had a lot of clients Mm -hmm. and I was in the closet. They had no clue because we had like district attorney races and things <laughs> and we're talking on the Republican side. So mm-hmm. it was definitely a closeted situation. Mm. And so I kind of started to get bitter about it. I've been closeted my whole life on the cannabis issue. And I think I pretty much started to get bitter about it because I didn't really leave politics respect respecting politics. And then I was kind of starting to get bitter that I had to hide my world when I didn't have anything to do with it anymore. Mm. But my husband did. So that was the problem. Right. So I left the firm, but he was still there. And eventually I was outed by the San Diego Union Tribune because of politics. They thought it would help someone's campaign to talk about my delivery service and blah, blah, blah. But was it like in a negative way where they're like, oh, look, she does like kind of like that? Yeah, yeah, it was. But it was more political. Like they were trying to say that the district attorney knew that I had a delivery and I was getting special treatment. And it's like, um, uh, if there were anything further from the truth, like <laughs> not one person knew anything about what I was doing. Mm. But it was actually the best thing that could have ever happened. It was so liberating because once that came out, I didn't have to hide anything anymore. Right. I would be the one to choose. So it was good to be outed, so to speak. (laughs) Everything definitely happens for a reason. Does your whole family know? And like, how does your, you mentioned your husband, how does he feel about like your cannabis use or your involvement in like your business? Yeah. So he's fine with it now. I mean, it was the transition of coming out and having everyone know was a little strange, but now he's like, he's so comfortable now that he's like more comfortable about it than I am. (laughs) Where, I mean, as far as like smoking and being open about it, Mm -hmm. because he was talking to some of the people in our old office and they were talking about me and his hippie wife or, you know, something (laughs) like that. And, um, he said, well, I smoke every day. And they're like, what? No (laughs) way. (laughs) And they just thought that he was like some, you know, conservative dude with his hippie wife. Like (laughs) that's how they view it in their head. They don't see that. It's like, just, nope. It's like drinking, chamomile tea to some people. Right. (laughs) Not that big a deal, but it's kind of funny. People's (laughs) views. Oh, yeah. It's always so fascinating to me when 
there were times like I don't know, like a few years ago, I'd be like, Yeah, I smoke weed and people be like, What? You smoke weed? And it's just like, come on, like I'm pretty sure a lot of people, you know, smoke weed and you just don't know it. Exactly. <laughs> That's what I always wondered. I'm like, who else is doing the same thing? And you'll never know, right? So many know, people are just know. kind of like on the down low, like they just, you know. Yeah. But it's not like this radical act of like, you know, defiance, you know, it's not like that. (laughs) I know, I know. Someone had told me when I had a trip to DC and then I left DC. And when I came back, I heard that when I was open about what I was doing, um, people were very caught off guard by it and, you know, concerned about it. And it's so funny because now those same people just want in. <laughs> <laughs> Look how the times have changed. Uh, right? <laughs> exactly. exactly. That is so funny. So going off of that and just talking a little bit about your personal life, if you don't mind switching yeah. gears. So you said you're, you're married. Um, how long have you been married? Obviously you said he smokes weeds, which like, that's awesome. That's a great situation yeah. to be in. Well, that's like our marriage counselor. <laughs> oh my gosh. Thank you for saying that. <laughs> I'm like, exactly. How do I make my relationship work? A lot of weed. That's how we make it work. And laughter. We yes. and laughter. Yes. <laughs> so I guess, you know, tell me a little bit about your husband and like, did you guys like hide your cannabis use from each other in the beginning or like, no. how did that happen? So, well, we've been together, brace yourself for 20, well, we've been married for 22 years and been together for 27. Oh so, my God. I know, I know. It's crazy. <laughs> it's, it's so crazy. But I think weed probably brought us together in college. Awesome. <laughs> yeah. And um, we smoked a lot in college and we had fun. I, we started dating at the very end of college. Otherwise that probably would not have worked out, but <laughs> at the very end of college. And then I moved to Chicago by myself because he was still had another semester and we were just dating at the time who knew it was going to last for this long. And I was going crazy because I just wasn't happy and all of the things. And so he was like, you need to smoke pot. And I'm like, really? <laughs> like by myself? <laughs> and he's like, yeah. And so I think for my birthday or something, he bought me a bowl and I like did it by myself one night when it was like raining out and it, I was in my little apartment in Chicago, no money, no nothing. <laughs> and it changed my entire outlook. And that From that point on, I realized, okay, this is like something that is helpful (laughs) to me personally, not just a party aid. Right. Exactly. Exactly. And from there, did you look at cannabis totally differently or like how you approached it? Yeah. And so from there, I approached it differently. I didn't really look at it differently because I was very open in college. I used to carry around, you know, the emperor wears no clothes and (laughs) preach the word of hemp and everything. But I looked at it differently for me because I realized that it could really help me in ways that I hadn't gone to a doctor and gotten drugs for. (laughs) Like maybe, Mm -hmm. I don't know, anxiety or whatever it is, but depression. 
But yeah, I looked at it differently. And then it definitely became part of my life. And we ended up moving and we spent, we're late parents. So we adopted our son when we were 40. So we had many, many years in politics and everything Mm -hmm. else where we always were smoking, but it was like in the car before we went in. And you know, the, you know the drill. Mm-hmm. Still is sometimes, <laughs> actually, a lot of the times. But yeah, we did that a lot, and you know, had a very long and fun childhood without kids. And then when we got to the point where we were going to have children. Adoption was an interesting situation with cannabis because I thought about it quite a bit, you know, especially we have open adoption. So Mm -hmm. we know our birth mom and we had never had the conversation. I've never spoken to her about it, you know, and so she just kind of started learning about it through my social media as I got a little more open um, Were you scared? That's very interesting. And so not to cut you off, but that's very, I never thought about, you know, parents yeah. want to adopt and like who use cannabis. Like, was that scary for you? Did you think, oh my God, I'm not going to, yeah. I'm not going to get a kid because uh, we smoke Definitely. weed. Definitely. I did. And you, you know, have to take blood tests. And I was worried like, oh, are they going <laughs> to check for cannabis? You know, is that something that they checked back then? And I don't know if they did or not, but it didn't affect our adoption. But yeah, like just coming out of the closet, I had to think about that too, because I remember early on when we had our son, we had him in like one of the Mexican places down here as a baby and someone had a pack of cigarettes on the counter and she immediate, the birth mom was like, I didn't know you smoked. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm like, oh, I didn't. It was actually a guy that was with us and they were his cigarettes or something. But, you know, I remembered how on high alert she was when she saw the cigarettes. So um, she obviously doesn't consider it the same anyway. And because she didn't have the same reaction. Now she's like, go girl. (laughs) (laughs) It's like she was proud, you know, just to see um me doing something period so it's I mean I'm glad that that worked out for you and that you know it wasn't like an issue yeah but it could be because not everyone is her you know right yeah exactly like what if the birth mom was like oh no this is not yeah yeah this is not what I thought of yeah yeah, that's a different one to think. Yeah, about. I never even thought about that, but that's so interesting. And so, I mean, how does an open adoption work exactly? I kind well, of know from like Lifetime movies, but like not really. Exactly. Well, <laughs> it's works in a number of ways, but for us, we the baby was already born and mm-hmm. the birth mom didn't have normally you go in and you give all your information and you kind of write a letter to whoever the birth mom might be about your vision for your family and the adoption and everything else and just all about you. And then a pregnant woman who knows that she's going to give the baby up will come and look through that and kind of place their baby with 
who they feel comfortable with. But for us, and for many people, it doesn't work out that smoothly. Mm -hmm. But for us, we got a call and we hadn't even filled out our papers or anything. And our consultant was like, um, there's a baby born and she goes through the whole thing. And she's like, I know you're not ready, but I felt I should tell you about this. And so she goes through everything, you know, about the birth parents and everything else. And she comes to the very end and she goes, and I know this is crazy, but they want the adoptive parents to be snowboarders. What? <laughs> so funny. And we had just gotten back from a snowboarding trip. <laughs> we were really big into snowboarding. And uh, so we probably wouldn't have even gone for it had they not said the snowboarding thing. Cause my husband was like, no, 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 we'll do it when we're ready. But then the snowboarding thing came up and he was like, okay, I think I feel like this is a sign that we can't not. So then we met the birth mom and the baby was in, yeah, was in a foster home um, Mm -hmm. while she figured it out. And so we met her and then she went dark for like a week and then all of a sudden we got a call and they said, we wanted to know if you could come pick up your new baby boy in the next What? <laughs> what? <laughs> we didn't have anything. We had to pick up a car seat <laughs> on the way to pick up. It was like getting a puppy because oh my the, gosh. You go to PetSmart after you get the puppy. But yeah. The whole thing. We you had to get diapers, I'm sure. Yeah. I know. And I left my husband alone with this three-week-old baby because I had to like go to Babies R Us like every two hours. <laughs> like It was triage, but it was awesome. That sounds like scary, but also really cool. Like I feel like coming home with like a newborn, you're kind of scared too, but you've had like nine months to prepare. So you have like everything, but to just like one day, like have this very new baby and just like oh crap we don't have anything for you (laughs) you have all these gifts but I have no idea what to do with them and and then what was really cool is that all of our friends in DC because we had just moved from DC to San Diego and all of our DC friends put together an online baby shower oh Swear to God, like every day we just got <laughs> pummeled with boxes. So it was, it was probably one of the sweetest times of my life, to be honest, because that was so nice to have people be so happy for you. Yeah, I mean, it definitely takes a village, you know. Yeah, it does. <laughs> <laughs> How old is your son now? Now he's 10. He just. Oh my gosh. I know. And now he's my number one Pink Hayes fan. (laughs) Hilarious. And it's also scary because he goes to a Catholic school Mm -hmm. and we're not Catholic, but Mm -hmm. that doesn't really matter. But he goes to a Catholic school and I wonder sometimes what he talks about there. And one day, I think it was Mother's Day, maybe. He come, the card had pot leaves all over it and like (laughs) all this stuff. And then it's the, uh, inside the card was like, you're the best mom. You're better than Urban Leaf, which is a dispensary (laughs) down here. (laughs) And he sees the bus because it's my friends that own it. So he sees the bus and 
but it's hilarious. I just wonder because the teachers never ask about it. <laughs> I never mention it because, you know, I don't have to. <laughs> I guess that leads me to, you know, and this is a question I get asked a lot, but my kids are much younger than you, your son is, um, you know, how do you talk to your child about cannabis? Yeah, it's an ongoing challenge for me because I started it with a song. Um, my friend MC Flow, she does weed kind of rapping, weed mom rapping. I don't know if you know of her, but no, I'm like fascinated. Yeah, <laughs> on Instagram, you must check her out. It's MC Flow SD for San Diego. What? I'm totally looking her up. <laughs> he has a song about Charlotte, you know, the mm-hmm. CBD. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And it's all about Charlotte and how she got sick and how they figured out that CBD helps her and how the, the brothers grew her flower and her road to recovery and all of that. And she has a really cute song about it. So I started there because the questions started coming and I wasn't sure exactly how to handle it. So I started with that and let that simmer for a while. (laughs) And then we started talking about the health benefits of cannabis and hemp and CBD and all of that. But I think the real challenge for me is that they learn about the dangers of smoking and I smoke. Mm -hmm then it's scary to him. Mm. And I don't smoke around him at all, but he still knows he's not dumb. And I don't like, I'm not running to the corner of the earth to hide. I just don't smoke around him. I'll go on my balcony and then I'll be done and, you know, hang out or whatever. But he knows, he knows that it's happening. Then I have to start addressing kind of get more into the cannabis and why I personally might use it. So I've been doing that with him too. And since I've been slowly just teaching him about anxiety and things that other people deal with, you never know what someone's going through, you know, Mm -hmm. these lessons. And then it wraps into cannabis a lot of the times too. And he knows I think that I struggle with anxiety at times. So he's really a smart kid and he's webbing that he's weaving it together as I'm feeding it to him. Right. What age did you start talking to him about it? Like about cannabis and your business and like, this is what, you know, mom does like for work. Well, he started, he really knew something was going on when we had the delivery because even like a couple of times I took him, we had many return, you know, patients always. And 80% of our patients were women. And so I had one mom that I delivered to all the time and he's like, I want to go and I want to go meet her and, you know, all these things. And so he knew something was going on, but I was still very like, I had no idea how to handle it. So if, you know, I was like, stand over by the door, don't come over here, you know. So how old was he at this point? He was, let's see, that would have been seven. Okay. Yeah. So then I think probably around eight is when I started spoon feeding little bits to him, you know, like 
when I felt the right time. It's usually when we're alone. Because to be honest, where he's learned the most about weed is music that my husband listens to. So like he would talk about it in the Snoop way and all of that, which is funny, but I'm the one who gets in trouble for it. And I'm like, wait a minute, it's your music that's doing this, not my career. But kind of funny because that does cloud things up a bit. I asked him if he thought Snoop Dogg used cannabis for medicinal purposes, and he said no. (laughs) (laughs) I'm like, well, you don't know. (laughs) Kids are so funny. They know and they think about things a lot more than we, you know, give them credit for. Definitely. Definitely. Yeah. Has he had any questions or like what's been like his number one question in regards to cannabis or does he feel like he has a good handle on, you know, what's what for now? He's had lots of questions along the way and, you know, they're always random. It's like, can you get thrown in jail for, you know, like they just add up. He's just been adding it up. Like, is it, can kids smoke? What age (laughs) do you have to be? Mm -hmm. Why can't kids smoke or (laughs) smoke, but use cannabis? That's, Mm -hmm. he never really talks about smoking. Or now um, a big thing is about vapes because that's what they see all the time. And, you know, they're, who knows what's in the vapes, but. Right. But yeah, he's like, is that cannabis vape? Or because, oh, we got stopped. We were going to a Dodgers game. And I had a vape in my purse and I had to go take it back to the car. (laughs) He's like, well, when I got in there, I thought he would be really annoyed and embarrassed, you know, Mm -hmm. that like I had to do that. And he was actually on my side. He was like, well, look at over there. There's a bunch of people smoking. And (laughs) I guess like they have a smoking area, but because vapes, they don't know what's in it. They must not let vapes in or something. I don't know. That's really strange. I feel like I I went to a Dodgers game recently, but I don't think I had a vape on me. I I got popped another time too. I was going up to the top of the U.S. Bank building downtown Mm -hmm. for that little slide thing. Yeah, yeah. And they made me leave my purse down or my vape anyway downstairs because I guess they just figure people are going to go hang up at the top and vape all day. (laughs) Which sounds pretty fun. I know. know. I was like, who's going to do that? And then we got up here, up there, and I was like, well, it is pretty comfortable yeah. up here. <laughs> it's actually not a bad idea. Yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> so funny. Well, I love that you're so like you guys have this open, ongoing dialogue about you know, yeah, cannabis. I think that's really helpful because it helps him know that one, he can always go to you, yeah. and talk you about it, which is, you know, what you want with your kid, regardless, is to have that open communication. But you're also making sure he doesn't, he he's not, you know, anything that he learns about cannabis, is, there's no misinformation, you know, everything he's getting yeah. is from you. So you don't have to really worry about him going out into the world and saying the wrong thing or like, you know, thinking, oh, I can try cannabis. And well, no, I can't because my mom told me, you know, it's not right. for kids. So like having those conversations is really helpful. Yes. I think so too. I think I tried to give him too much at one time before and then decided, okay, we're going to do this in baby steps. 
Yeah, I feel like that's what like a lot of parents feel like they're, you know, they're, they have to balance it, you know, yeah. and like, okay, how should I give, like, it's a lot of information. I was talking, I was talking to my boyfriend the other day and I was like, I think I'm going, I'm, I'm going to start talking to our daughter, you know, she's four yeah. um, about cannabis, but like in a really small way. And I was like, yeah, and we have to tell her like the, about the war on drugs and all. And he was like, babe, I think that's a little heavy for a four year old. <laughs> Oh my gosh, that's hilarious! You I was like, oh listen yeah, to that Charlotte song—it's a really good um, icebreaker, especially for kids because you know it's about a kid and who was sick and got better, and it's lovely. I need to check that out. I feel like and kids receive love lessons easily through music anyway, so. Yeah. That's actually a really great idea because I'm like, I think I might bog her down by starting with in 19. Exactly. (laughs) She's going to be like, Mommy, what are you talking? Can we go watch Spider Man now? Like, (laughs) (laughs) but I mean, that's pretty helpful. You know, I think that you definitely, it's great advice. You know, just start the conversation and never stop it. Just keep talking to them about it. Exactly. It's kind of the same with the adoption, you know, like, Mm -hmm. Just make it so it's always just normal. Right. Yeah. And if you treat it like it's normal, then it's normal, you know, for them. So they take our lead. Yep. Here's the other flip side of the momming and cannabis. I'm not sure how it's going to go like with the friends. Right. Because like his best friend, they all know what I do because of course, you know, when one person knows, they all know. Oh yeah. People talk. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. But it's not about like them worrying about their children. It's just about like the teaching of their children because one of the older kids who is on social media asked Mm. their parents, you know, what, what is it that Patty does? (laughs) (laughs) You know, because I started coming out and I, I'm pretty... I don't post too many crazy things on my personal page, mm-hmm. but you know, I like to, it's my little scrapbook. So I do post some things there. And so she's like, what does Patty do? And so the parents told her I do marketing, which is not <laughs> at the time, wasn't too far from the truth. That's mostly what I was spending my time on. And mm-hmm. that was how we may have, organized our company. It didn't work out that way. It's a much bigger <laughs> project mm-hmm. than that now. But mm-hmm. but anyway, I just, you know, I don't know like what the other kids' questions to their parents are going to be about what Jackson knows. That'll be the interesting part. Yeah. And especially as he gets older, you know, he's, the teenage years are like literally right around the corner for him. So yeah. that'll be interesting to see how the conversations change in that respect, you know? Yeah. Because kids are naturally curious and they ask lots of questions. So, and I wonder what the schools will teach to be honest. Cause you yeah. know, like they have to update their teachings. I would imagine when it comes to cannabis as, as being, you know, the same as cocaine or something. Especially in the state of California, I would hope that there's some sort of update in the curriculum to say, hey, now it's recreationally legal. Here's what that means at the the very least, Mm -hmm. you know. Um, But, you know, I I don't leave it up to schools. I mean, I I hope that they're teaching that, but I can't trust them that they're teaching that. I know. You mentioning the friends, it just brought up a really uh, kind of something I'm really curious about since, you know, your son is 10. So you kind of 
been there, done that. You, you're an experienced mom. So <laughs> I'm wondering, like, how did you approach like play dates and everything like that? Were you and like, you know, having your son playing with like other little kids and like the mom is there. So you got to hang out with the mom. Yeah. And like, were those moms OK with you using cannabis? Did you tell them? Did you hide it? Like, how did you go about that? Really, like when he was younger and had play dates, I wasn't open about it. Now that everyone knows, to be honest, like they always ask, do you have your vape? (laughs) (laughs) It's funny because it's very novel to them. Most of the parents, it's very novel, but they're all starting to find ways that I'm watching it unfold. They're Mm -hmm. finding vapes that they like and they're finding things, ways to use cannabis that's helpful to them. And that's that's really great. I hear them. I'm like, they're like, oh, are we going to do gummies? You know, (laughs) or whatever (laughs) tomorrow night. It's so funny to me. But then when I'm at, like, we were at our Catholic school gala or whatever, and they're (laughs) like, oh, Patty's got the vape. Come on, come on, everyone. Let's go outside. (laughs) I don't even vape, which is funny. But to people who are new, that's a great way to measure it um, because I'm never up for giving newbies a bad experience. So I always monitor people. I'm like their parent. (laughs) If they're new to it. If they're not new to it, I'm no one's parent. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I I definitely feel that way with newbies as well. I get like super protective because I want to make sure like this is a good experience. Like it can be scary. Yeah, you don't want them bad-mouthing or thinking something bad. And I want you to feel safe and safe enough to try it again. (laughs) Exactly, exactly. But I wouldn't say that I, at a play date in general, there's not really any cannabis partaking going on unless I'm with my cannabis friends. Now I have cannabis friends because of the whole Pink Sesh Society. So that's kind of nice, too. And I think everybody, especially every woman, needs like another woman, at least one other woman that you can smoke weed with and like chill. Gosh, I know. My whole thing in being in the closet, I'm like, I like these women good enough, but I don't want to have to just to hang out with my friends, go to the bar and make it a thing. Like, can't we hang out at home and Mm -hmm. enjoy each other's company? Like, that's a good friendship too. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so it's nice to have those friends. I have friends where like we just sit down on the couch and watch Beyonce music videos and exactly. smoke weed and just like wow. drink a little bit of wine and smoke some more weed and watch more Beyonce videos. And that's a good that's night for us. Exactly. <laughs> that's good bonding right there. <laughs> Great girl time. Uh-huh. Yeah, I love it. So I guess we should definitely talk about Pink Sesh because that's really a big deal and like something else that you're doing. And yes, Patty is doing everything, guys. She has Pink Haze, but she also has Pink Sesh. So definitely tell people about that. Pink Sesh is the coolest thing ever. So while we were doing Pink Haze, we wanted to create content. And we had a photo shoot that was about six women Everyone, you know, it was the flower woman, the makeup woman, the model, the photographer. And after that photo shoot, I was so like high on women vibes that it just was amazing. And then 
the next few weeks after that, we had like a friend call us who was fighting with her husband or something. And so four Mm -hmm. of us got together at lunch and just had lunch where we smoked and chatted and then they left. And we did that a couple weeks. And all of a sudden, my partner and I were like, I bet there's other women who could use a lunch like this, you know, Mm -hmm. we could use pictures. So we tried to make it into a content thing and we invited people to pink sesh and we had eight people come and we got lots of pictures and we did it the next month. And then all of a sudden we realized there was like way more happening than content because we saw women who met at pink sesh supporting each other's companies and also becoming the best of friends and also like making their own smaller groups as like part of Pink Sash. You know, they met at Pink Sash, but these five people get together all the time plus Pink Sash, you know, (laughs) there's so many um, relationships happening and we realized that there was much more to Pink Sash. So we kept it going. Mm -hmm. It's, basically a mindset for women. And the bottom line is empowering ourselves to empower others because just living our life and living it proud. I don't have the saying, our pledge, but it's on our website, pinksesh.com. But right now it's a mindset and we have pink seshes in San Diego. We have events in San Diego, but my partner and I are working on a new model that will open it up because we have women across the country who want to lead in this kind of mindset and also the gathering of women. Mm-hmm. We're coming up with the model to help them do that. And so hopefully there will be more pink sashes, maybe one near you. <laughs> I always say that I feel like I grow whenever I talk to another woman and like, especially yeah. like, you know, kind of like a fellowship kind of thing where it's just like only women and like, we're just talking to each other. It's the yeah. best time for me personally. So I love yeah. that you're, you know, finding ways to like get women together who can yeah. all bond and chat over, you know, this beautiful plant. It's amazing. Seriously, like I have seen women older, younger, whatever the age, whatever the background come to Pink Sash and absolutely bloom. Like come there as like a little bud. And then when they find their tribe, they like start creating and they start doing things outside of their boundaries. And it's really, really cool to watch. And I'm like a little parent or something of the whole thing. <laughs> just so the love and the support that comes from it is amazing. That's so awesome. And I love that you do that. How would someone, you know, find out more if they wanted to, you know, join the next yeah. like meetup or event? Yeah, um, they could go to pinksesh.com and fill out the small contact form. And that is where they'll get more information. And then geographically, when events come up, then we let them know, you know, depending on where you live. And if there's an event there, then we'll let you know. And everything we do is invite only. So you have to go to the website because nothing's public. And then is that just for like keeping people's like privacy or? 
It is, but it's also just part of like the cult, the member <laughs> vibe of Pink Sesh. Mm-hmm. And also because we keep our Pink Seshes invite only and we usually have them at um, a private home and we don't have vendors selling and stuff, we're able to just do our events on a personal level rather than go out and find commercial space and get all the crazy licensing and everything else. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. We might, we'll probably do those events too down the road, you know, where we open it up because there's a place for that too, but that's not where we're at yet. <laughs> <laughs> and how long have you been doing Pink Sesh? We've been doing it about a year and nine months. Oh, cool. So it's still yeah. relatively new. Yep. Yep, That's yep. really awesome. Have you? What's been the response so far from other moms and women? It's great. What I love about Pink Sesh is the age variance in our women and how the young women get something from the older women and vice versa. It's mm-hmm. a really cool dynamic to me. It's been great. Like we had the first couple and that's why we never stopped and we continually let this organically grow because we've never really advertised it. We've never gone out and looked for people. They just always find us and want to know how they can be involved. And so mm-hmm. it's amazing. You know, you can't let go of something when people are looking for you. Yeah, no, that's incredible. And like really encouraging because it's like, okay, you know, we're on to something. Let's keep doing this. And we also have a charity aspect, like at least once a year, we're raising money for a charity and we're hoping to maybe find one that will be our home or even build a fund of our own that Mm -hmm. um, we're going to tie into the parties and stuff. So that's really cool. I love that. I love that so much. Yeah, us too. I think it's like a junior league for cannabis users. I love it. (laughs) (laughs) So funny. (laughs) Okay. Well, I feel like we've touched on so many, you know, really great things. And I just want to see if there's anything else that you want to mention, like what's next for Pink Haze or Pink Sesh or for you, like, and how can people find it or follow you and Pink Haze and Pink Sesh? Thank you. Yes. So First, pinkhaze.com is our website for our products that we'll be launching within the next 60 days. Um, We'll have a pre-roll, a pre-roll pack, and hash. On Instagram, it's at the pinkhaze. And then um, Pink Sesh is our community of women, and that is pinksesh.com. And we'd love for anyone to join us and positive vibes for women. And on Instagram, it's at the pink sesh. And I don't know, we're just going to keep working hard and look for our product up north to begin. Our product, Pink Haze and Skunk Factory are the two products we're working on. And they're in the Bay Area in Sacramento right now. And we're coming down the coast. (laughs) Slowly (laughs) but surely. That's so awesome. I mean, congratulations with everything that you're doing. And I'm just like in awe. Amazing. You too. It's always just so wonderful to see like the many, many women 
in the cannabis industry who are doing it and who are like making it look so fucking cool and easy at the same time while also being moms. I'm just like, oh my gosh, you guys are so awesome. You're incredible. Like women are superheroes. Period. Seriously, (laughs) I'm with you on that. Definitely. Yeah, but thank you so much for taking the time out to speak with me. And I think that everyone's really going to love this episode because I i mean, personally, like I didn't even think about the adoption angle and yeah. like that and parenting. Like that's something else to, you know, like think about as well. It's just. <laughs> yeah, I know the things you don't think about. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, I really enjoyed it. Thank you so much for having me. And I will look forward to uh, seeing you in L.A. soon. Yes. I mean, whenever you're in L.A., <laughs> I, I need to go to San Diego. I go to L.A. often. So, yes, we'll make that happen for sure. Yeah, for sure. So I would love Pink Sash. Yes. <laughs> if you look up Pink Sash on Urban Dictionary, it's in there. And it only takes two women in cannabis to make a pink sesh. Really? I love that. (laughs) Yes. No, we'll be pink seshing soon. Yes. Thank you. Thank you guys for tuning in to this episode of Blunt Boy Mama podcast. I really hope you enjoyed my conversation with Patty. She's so she's amazing y'all like there are so many dope women in this industry and they're all doing such amazing things like women are really like out here y'all we're out here and so I just want you guys to know about these women follow them you can follow them online at on instagram the pink haze at the pink haze you can also follow Patty online at Patty Row, which is a P A T T Y R O E, and you can also follow the Pink Sesh, which is at the Pink Sesh, which is S E S H. And yeah, I mean, I hope you enjoy like and. Hopefully you can join one of the pink sessions. I need to. Um, and I can't wait to try uh, the pink haze when it comes out. It's going to be so amazing. It sounds like the website is so cool. And like, first of all, pink haze has like the best memes. Like I, you guys have seen me um, repost a few of their memes on my page or like the pink ones. They're so funny. Oh my gosh. Um, I think there was one meme and I hope this was a pink haze one and please don't hate me if it's not, but it said, um, I'm too busy smoking my own grass to know if yours is greener. And I was like, yes! <laughs> are you fucking kidding me? Yes. Hell yes. So, I mean, like, that's basically like Patty's personality, too. So it's just it's so amazing to, you know, see women out here doing this and just being open and being like, I'm a mom and like, fuck your opinions. Like, I'm doing this. So love her. Uh, If you love this episode, please share it with a friend. Definitely subscribe. This podcast, Blunt Blunt Mom, is available on all platforms. And leave a review, leave a rating. It'll help other people on Apple Podcasts find this podcast. And I want as many women, I say this all the time, but it's because it's true. I want as many women as possible to find this, as many moms as possible to find this podcast so that they know that they're not alone. And you're not a bad mom for wanting to smoke weed, period. And speaking of that little phrase, that's on a t-shirt now. You can get it. <laughs> yes, there's Blunt Boy Mama merch, y'all. 
And I am, I got some t-shirts for y'all and they say moms who smoke weed are not bad moms. Yes. Very in your face. Very cute. Okay. Very comfortable. You've probably seen me rocking them on Blunt Boy Mama's Instagram page, which by the way is at Blunt Boy Mama. And um, yeah, I love, I want to wear it every day. Because I love making a statement in that way. I love letting people know that I smoke weed in that way without having to say anything and then starting a conversation and then hopefully changing some minds and educating people or having people be like, yes, girl, I need to get this shirt. Like, (laughs) you know, come on. It's so refreshing and liberating. And definitely, if you're not a mom, you don't have to be a mom to wear this shirt. Wear this shirt to support other moms, you know, who do smoke weed. Be a sister. (laughs) Fellas, you can rock the sweatshirt too also. It's not all about the ladies. I do have a sweatshirt that I am selling with the merch that has the Blunt Boy Mama logo in blue on it. And it is available and it's unisex. So men and women can rock it. Don't matter. So get your gear. (laughs) Get your merch on. I really want to see you guys rocking it. I can't wait. I'm so excited. Use hashtag BBM merch to get featured on Blunt Boy Mama's Instagram page so I can shout you out and let everybody see how you rocking it. You know what I'm saying? I want to see you. (laughs) I'm so excited about it. If you love this podcast like so, 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 so much, you know, like you're buying merch and shit, then you should definitely be a patron because my patrons get free merch. Yeah, that's right. They get free merch. I will be sending all my current patrons expect a package in the mail soon. I'll be asking for your address so that I can send you your free merch. You earned it. <laughs> also, you get like up to three extra unheard episodes of the podcast a month. Yeah, you heard that right. So you getting stuff that nobody else is really listening to in addition to what I'm already releasing for everybody else. So yeah, I think it's a pretty good Support a sister. Help a sister out. Let me hold two dollars. <laughs> two dollars is literally all it takes to be a patron. So, <laughs> I mean, support me. I would appreciate it. It'd mean the world to me. But you can also always send me emails with questions or concerns, comments, shout outs. I'll read them, get back to you, share it on the podcast. Just send those emails to bluntblowingmama at gmail.com. You can also, like I said before, follow Blunt Blowing Mama on Instagram, Twitter, like Blunt Blowing Mama on Facebook. And if you want to cop that Blunt Blowing Mama merch, then all you have to do is go to Blunt Blowing Mama's Instagram page. And when you get there, click the link that's in the bio and then click buy BBM merch. Boom. Then you're going to be ready to buy your merch. Oh, I'm so excited, y'all. Like, I literally want to wear these shirts. I mean, like, moms who smoke weed are not bad moms. I want to wear that shirt every day. (laughs) For real, for real. The website for the Blunt Boy Mama merch, it's on Teespring. So it's just teespring.com backslash stores backslash blunt dash blowing. That's B-L-O-W-I-N dash mama. That's it. (laughs) And you should show up at my little store and you can order your merch through them. And yeah, man, I'm just out here. You know what I'm saying? I'm just trying to be humble. Now, with the merchandise sales due end on October 29th, so you only have until the 29th to buy them. Get it today, you know, see if you like it. And then if you do, order some for a friend later, you know, like. 
and everything's really affordable in this shop, or at least I think so. Nothing costs more than $35. So I really wanted to like, I don't, I know I don't be having all the time and the money you spend it on merch. So if I'm going to spend the money on merch, then I got to really like the person and really like what the merch looks like. And then I will buy it. <laughs> so I get it. Trust me. Trust me. Which is why I have like all the photos of me wearing it. You know, trying to stunt on y'all <laughs> on Instagram. But also so you can see how it fits because I think the photos on the teespring.com, like they're really horrible photos. Like there's like no humans in it and it's not like on a white background. So it just doesn't do any justice. It looks so much better in person which is why I had to like pose in a few pics in it for y'all so y'all could see it, but also because I wanted to wear it out and be like, ah, 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 yeah, smoke weed, ah, 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 ah. <laughs> Anyways, let me shut up. I know y'all want to get back to your lives. I'm just going on and on about weed. So you guys don't want that. You don't want that from me. So <laughs> I mean, maybe you do, right? But that's for another episode. That's not for, another, that's not for right now. Obviously, I'm high. Yes, I'm high. The XJ13, gotcha girl, hi. And I embrace it. I love it. I'm going to ride this wave. Ooh, it feels so good. If there's anything else I forgot to say that I'm supposed to say at the end of this episode, fuck it, man. Because I'm about to close my eyes and chill. <laughs> it be like that sometimes when you get high, man. You just be like, I'm just going to ride it out. Yeah. Bye, guys. <laughs>